Soccer FM is written and produced by Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw and is in association with pieandbovril.com. Hello and welcome to Soccer FM, Scotland's funniest football podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and you, Ray Bradshaw. Hello. Coming up on this week's show, a full roundup of all the weekend's action in the SPFL. Where are they now? Is back with a former Celtic and Scotland striker. We catch up with our team around the world and our new game show continues as well. Ray Bradshaw, how are you, my friend? I'm alright. I'm loaded with a cold, to be honest. I, f- yeah. I sound a bit like Phoebe and Friends. Not about right. to become sexy and sings. Uh, you know what? I've never really watched Friends. What? Yeah, I just it's hey, one of those it, Thanks for joining us tonight, folks. <laughs> <laughs> really, ever? No, well, no. I've I've obviously seen episodes of Friends because it's on constantly and was on E4 almost continuously for about twelve years. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, it's something I never. It's it's okay. Like that's what I would say about Friends. It's okay. You're a fucking idiot, mate. It's not as good as Frasier. That's what oh, I think. come on. <laughs> anyway, it's seven thirty. It's the eighteenth of September, Monday night. We're live on Facebook. Thank you to everyone who retweeted, shared, and liked last week's episode. Russell Anderson was the star of the show yep. uh, Lots of great chat from him And lots of great chat from uh, our Where Are They Now guest tonight as well You don't want to miss that That's coming up in around 20 minutes time Hey, thanks for all the comments on pieandbothro.com Remember we've got the forum there So jump on, comment anything that, that you want to tell us about the show Good or bad We uh, are not precious uh, when it comes to <laughs> no, criticism It's mainly bad to be honest It's mainly it? bad But yeah. feedback is always welcome And remember, if you do want to get in touch with anything Tweet us at ScottSoccerFM And search for us on Facebook SoccerFM You can listen live, subscribe on iTunes and we're on SoundCloud as well if you're listening on Facebook right now share it on your page so your mates can listen and then you can get involved as well we'll read out your comments if you're listening live uh, we'll try and get through as many of them as you can so please feel free to get involved and how was your weekend? It was, yeah, it was very good, yeah. Um, uh, we'll get to the football bit in a wee, a wee yeah. minute, but I think we should also talk about the fact that you and I played football last week as well. We did, it was the, cute, wasn't it? The first time we've seen each other in action, uh, com- football-wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Combined BMI of Shirley Tour and my man Strip when he so, played for Livy. It was, a, it was a late call, it was a late call for me, really, because we were meant to play on Wednesday night, ended up playing yep. Thursday night, and uh, played with some of the guys from your uh, football Saturday team, morning football team with, and it was great, uh, so they were all nice. Nice guys. You also nearly scored one of the best goals. What would you have done if that been essentially what happened is Stephen passed to me, I held <laughs> the ball up, maybe dinked it 20 yards across the field, and you hit it on the volley. Yeah. In a sevens pitch, about twenty-five yards out, and missed the top corner by maybe a yard. Yeah, it wasn't far away at all. <laughs> I caught it as sweet as anything. I would have probably just carried on running and just ran straight <laughs> straight to my car. He and says then running, off home. jogging. Yeah, just uh, waddling. The best. The best thing was your face when you hit it. <laughs> like you turned to me just with the biggest eyes and the biggest smile, like oh, so close. It was like so back. Close. In, it was like back in the day. That's what it was like. So, uh, yeah, and uh, it, it started off very well because right from kickoff they booted it into me and Ray were on the same team. Yeah, and uh, we sort of we weren't taking kickoff. They booted it towards us, and it was a big long high ball, and it was coming straight for me. And I was like, shit, this could go wrong. Like this could go anywhere. <laughs> trapped it dead like that. My favorite thing about that was when you trapped it. All I could hear was you go. Absolutely buzzing That is exactly what happened So listen, feel free to get involved with the show We do love hearing from you Make sure you're commenting tonight And if you're listening back uh, Please do tweet us If you've got anything for us At ScottSoccerFM And also on PieandBovril.com as well Let's head straight to the weekend of football In the SPFL It all kicked off on Friday night With your team Partick Thistle Against Rangers It was a live game on BT Sport um, And you you were watching it weren't you? Oh no that's right You were in York I I was watching it on my phone though Oh, are you? Uh, right, okay. So uh, I was in between, so it got to the break because I was gigging, so obviously I couldn't be there. And 
Uh, I walked out uh, to get up my phone to get reception, plugged my headphones in. Uh, in that time that I listened to, probably three, four minutes of the game I watched, okay. uh, Erskine got sent off and Graham Dorn scored. So okay. I was like, oh, cool, I'm a curse. Um, <laughs> definite red card, that's fine. There's a lot of kind of fuss about the game. I saw Josh Windass was getting in trouble because he made a wanker sign to a Thistle I fan. I did see that, yeah. Uh, he's not getting pulled up for that today. Okay. Uh, because someone, he said he was just doing it to Kyle Walker. I think like, <laughs> right, Taylor okay. Alley did yeah, so Taylor Alley, yep. uh, And um, Ryan Edwards was, was excited for the challenge. Ryan Jack goes to do him. Edward puts his foot above the ball and kind of protects himself. There's much to do about nothing. And then two each, but I was, I'm quite glad. Yeah, much to do about nothing. Uh, quite glad we get the point. Yeah. Um, because I've seen, I mean, I think everyone thinks we've seen that Thistle game numerous times when 80 minutes down to 10 men, Rangers just equalise. That happened twice at Fur Hill last season. Sorry, the energy check at Fur Hill. Of course, uh, yeah. Of course, that's water. what you're calling it. I, 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 is Dunfermline get a different name? Of course it's not. We are originals. Would you take it? Would you take the money for a new name? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd still call it East End. Yeah. And it, but I think, you know, clubs know that. So I, I don't see the problem with it because I'm sure they're not even fussed with people calling it Fur Hill because that's what everyone will always call it. It's what's always been called. And if East End changed its name, I'd still call it East End as well. But the club would be getting, I don't know, 100 grand or whatever it is for yeah. the naming rights. So, um, so I wasn't... Um, too bothered about it and we can spend that on the player we've got John Turnbull on loan if mm-hmm. we get him with that money jackpot Yeah. Um, and I, have you seen the thing about the Rangers fans and the flags I didn't no Rangers fans um, they're not sure whether they snuck back in or not but stole some of our flags because we move our fans about for when the old firm came mm-hmm. so young fans have spent a lot of money on these things and Rangers fans uh, nick it and taking away and then taunting people on uh, Instagram, right. which if you're going to taunt someone as a football casual, don't go to fucking Instagram, man. A dick move. I know. I go say. to Bebo. Yeah. <laughs> like, stay loyal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I saw a few Rangers fans complaining um, about uh, they were held up at the turnstiles. It took mm-hmm. them a while to get yeah, in. Saw that. But then, I suppose, if you're part of a club where um, the last few visits you've been to Fur Hill, you've been on the pitch. Mm-hmm. You have uh, ripped seats up in the under 17s final. You've stolen flags. You've stolen flags. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. And obviously, that is a tiny minority of a big group. But I think yeah. it's that kind of thing. I was at Celtic Park on Tuesday, um, and it's that oh, one. Aye. Showing your true colours. <laughs> Free ticket, mate, to watch them. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, and when um, the guy ran on to. Try kick Mbappe. Why and, did you do that, mate? I know. I mean, <laughs> mate, I wish I was that skinny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy covered the picture of it eight seconds, but no one got near him. But it's Celtic that are going to get screwed over by that. So I yeah. think fans need to kind of clamp down on other guys being a fanny. Yeah, I think so. Uh, was that a doubt? Uh, as for the match, I would say that a draw was a fair result. Yeah. I think Partick would have won had Chris Erickson. I agree. Uh, Completely not, agree. Not been very silly. But and did you see Archie's comments afterwards? No, I didn't. Beautifully summed up. Because okay. uh, usually sometimes your players, you go through your players, you get sent off, and then it costs points or whatever. Archie went, yeah, he can't tackle. Yeah, he hasn't been able to tackle the whole time I've known him. That's fine, it'll happen. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a total strikers challenge, and it was a sending off. No complaints there. I do think that uh, Rangers were pretty poor um, after Doran scored uh, a terrific equaliser. It was a great goal, and uh, did they have a shot and goal after that? I uh, no, I think they were really... just trying to find where Joe Dudu is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's the go-to, <laughs> uh, and also I like that John's got in touch. Uh, John's a regular commenter, and he is. I don't know if you can tell which uh, TV sports, but John's got in touch to say. 
I, I love seeing Ryan Jack crying like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe an Aberdeen fan there, John. Maybe an Aberdeen fan there. So let's move on to Aberdeen. Uh, they slipped up on Saturday, home to Kilmarnock. They had won the previous 13 matches against Kilmarnock and were a ridiculously short price on the coupon. There were something like eight to one on. Do you go for them? Nah, no, absolutely not. No value whatsoever. But credit to Kilmarnock, 1-1 it finished at Petodre. Stevie May scoring again, so uh, he seems to be in a decent running form. Heard McInnes after the game, he wasn't a happy bunny, and uh, was just basically saying that, you know, the players are much better than that. That was a really poor performance. And given the other results, Rangers slipping up the night before, that would have been a prime opportunity to extend the lead and still be joint with uh, joint top with Celtic at the top of the league yeah and I saw um, Lee McCulloch tipping Jordan Jones for a Northern Ireland call up after that as well okay just right. a very odd thing and I think it sums up how weird a league it's going to be this season that Thistle drew with Rangers uh, Kelly drew with uh, Aberdeen both and finished up in the bottom two this weekend. That is true, yeah. So despite the fact there was two decent results, uh, they both slipped down. And uh, Kilmarnock are at the bottom of the table, just two points so far this season, still looking for that first win. Elsewhere, it was a comfortable win for Celtic against Ross County, bouncing back from that scudding from PSG last week in the Champions League. You were at the, the game you mentioned there. PSG were uh, something else, weren't Insane. they? Insane. Yeah. One of the best teams I've ever seen. I mean, Celtic stood off. They played really badly in the first half, uh, Celtic. Um, but also, what was amazing was... See, when Sinclair Roberts got the ball, they would get doubled up on. But when PSG were breaking, they would leave two back. I don't know how they were managing it. The football they were playing was incredible. Um, and it's interesting that Rodgers at the weekend thought, right, let's bounce back. And he went with Griffiths and Dembele up top. Yeah, obviously ahead of the League Cup game this week, uh, this week midweek I should say, and uh, the big game on Saturday against Rangers. I think that's a, a chilling warning for yep. teams coming up. Um, um, what you, did you make of uh, Rogers' comments? I think it was in his pre-match press conference before Saturday. He was saying, you know, how are Celtic supposed to compete with PSG? They, you know, spend money that they don't have and all this stuff and spend a hundred million pounds on players. What's your thoughts on that, Ray? Uh, I what was it I heard the other day that. Um, Celtic v PSG was actually less um, of a mismatch than Celtic Ross County in terms of budgets and stuff yes, like that. Yes, in terms of uh, wage ratios yeah. and all the rest. Of it, so, so he's coming out. He's protect. I can understand why he's doing it. He's protecting his own thing. But at the end of the day, if you look at the transfer signings, that I mean, if you're talking about wingers that he signed, Celtic signed Paddy Roberts and Johnny Hayes, mm-hmm. and um, what's like Benu? Is he the Israeli guy that they signed as well? And then. Uh, PSG brought Draxler off the bench who's 34 million uh, (laughs) and then they had Mbappe and Neymar on the other side it's always going to be like that in Celtic I wouldn't say they're overachieving um, when they qualify for the Champions League but that is kind of the level of that they will get scudded by the big teams hope for Europa League I saw Anderlecht have sacked the manager today yeah big match against Anderlecht next week so I think that's next Wednesday that is going to be a very big match over in Brussels so uh, yeah you're right they did sack yeah. the manager today they've had a pretty honking start to the season and a comfortable win for Celtic Ross County uh, four points so third bottom at the moment just above the relegation zone And uh, but they weren't probably expecting much from Saturday no, I think that's kind of a off thing yeah Exactly, you kind of some games you go for, some games you want. And I saw Lee Wallace is out um, of the game on Saturday. Yes, I did see uh, that earlier on. I will get it's to just the... just been announced by Thistle that um, he's going to help them find their flags. Okay, so excellent, lovely stuff. Well, he is a grasshopper. So. <laughs> uh, Dundee. <laughs> I tried to try to do it subtly, mate, but nope. You nah, jump just in. steam right through. Dundee first win of the season. Well done to Neil McCann and his men. Three two against St Johnston. They have won at the last four matches against St Johnston at Dens Park. There's a wee fact. It's I've good. been uh, I've been stealing facts off other people today, so <laughs> and, and retaining them quite well. So. Uh, 
a game of penalties. Three penalties given. Uh, St Johnston given two. I think there was a wee bit of debate. Um, Dar- Hardly any of them were penalties. Darno Day was saying he sort of ran into me and all that stuff. And I know Tommy Wright wasn't happy with Dundee's yeah. penalty as well. Um, but a big important win for Neil McCann because it was kind of looking a bit grim for him, wasn't it? Yep. And also AJ Leach Smith. Is not a footballer. He sounds like the lead character in High School Musical. Yeah. Like he should not be. Also, oh, he's so hot. Yeah, have you seen him? <laughs> no. Is he hot? No, he's he's twenty seven and looks about nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I I googled him to see who he was because he's kind of he's on loan I think from Shrewsbury and he's been about kind of English leagues and stuff like that. But yeah, oh, he looks like a fetus with a <laughs> Justin Bieber style haircut. It's a, it's an odd one. Well, um, good on him. He managed to get a double on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Stephen Anderson had a goal disallowed quite wrongly. Um, and some of the penalties in that game were very, very soft. I'd be surprised. I've got a little um, rant to go on about referees later on, so we oh, save that. From the Dunfermline game? Oh, yeah, it was Craig Thompson. Like, ah, okay, he's right. meant to be the, one of the best ones, then we're all fucked. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Hearts beat Hamilton 2-1 at the weekend, so that is four points from six possible for Craig Levine and his return to the hot seat at Hearts, and uh, Ross Callaghan getting his first goal for the club after he moved from Wraith Rovers early on, and Kyle Lafferty scoring a penalty as well, Rakeesh Benham uh, pulling one back for the Ackies but it wasn't enough uh, looks like Hearts are finding their feet under Levine yep uh, never a penalty for them either was it not? no nah, really really soft one uh, Callahan, uh, if you get a chance uh, jump on sports scene and um, watch his celebration where he essentially does recreates the Titanic uh, Rose and Jack holding scene but just himself in the net by himself yeah, so uh, he, lo- he looks a fanny and then there's Lafferty and Calvary standing behind him going what's wrong with you mate <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's good to watch uh, he's got against Hamilton mate come on <laughs> but then also your European tips Hamilton Yes, I know it was a it was a poor result for them. They're down in eight, but they still are only four points off the European places. And listen, that's my tip. They've already got seven points. They are racking them up so far. Had a couple of difficult games recently, and I'm sure they'll bounce back next time. Elsewhere, it was Hibs two, Motherwell two. Uh, Hibs were two 0 up and cruising, and then Louis Moult struck a couple of times uh, to bring Motherwell level. And Neil Lennon was pure raging in the second half uh, from one Un- Under eights he said they played like? Under eights yes he was not a happy man at all. Great comeback from Motherwell and they are on a decent running form that's them in the top six. Ten points already considering Motherwell have been perennial sort of relegation fodder for about three or four years now um, this will be a, a blessed relief for those at Fur Park I'd imagine getting in the top six and getting ten points on the board this early yeah. is very important. And Louis Moult's such a big player I mean the goals he scored the second goal was in particular was very good. The first one uh, really poor marking uh, there's a lovely bit if I suggest you watch highlights where Effie Ambrose gives the ball away and then gets megged within about six seconds of each other yeah. it's great to watch it's classic Ambrose yeah. um, and Anthony Stokes getting a couple there um, his uh, second goal was very very good first one uh, Martin Boyle does well and Charles Dunn who's been sent off twice this season already um, gave a penalty um, Michael Cameron's getting in touch on the Facebook saying never a penalty for Hibs clear dive mm-hmm. uh, I think he maybe clips his own feet and goes down and the ref gives it I think the ref was Barry Cook who I think was Barry one, of the, Cook, yeah, yeah. One, one of the Bee Gees maybe I think something so. like that <laughs> yeah um, it was yeah yeah so it was soft but then it was another game where I only watched maybe three or four of the highlights on sports scene last night and it seemed like the ref was the centre of attention in each game typical yeah I mean the, re- the referees are absolutely rotten I think correct me if I'm wrong I think if you referee a Premier League game in Scotland 
You get £800. I think it's a grand. Is it a grand now? I think it's a grand, yeah. Jesus Maybe I, I'm, I can be stand corrected. If there's anyone who knows about that, then please do that and get in touch. Yeah, you can do that on Facebook, at ScotCircleFM, on Twitter as well, and on PineBorfer.com if you want to leave us a comment, but it's an extortionate amount of money. Hey, I'll quickly run through the table uh, just uh, while we're at it. Celtic still top of the league. 16 points, unbeaten. Aberdeen still unbeaten. Not not, uh, not still top of the league, Celtic. Just back to it. Yeah, uh, well, ah, yeah, actually, right, yeah, actually. You're thinking was, of last year. I am, yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, it's, it's beginning to look pretty familiar, this league. Celtic in first, Aberdeen in second, uh, three points down to Rangers and St. Johnson third and fourth. Motherwell fifth. Hibs just creeping at the top sixth. Uh, top six, I should say. Four games without a win, though, I should say, for Hibs. Uh, so not ideal for Neil Lennon's men. Hearts picking up now uh, in seventh place. They'll be aiming for higher than that. And then down at the bottom, we have Kilmarnock and Partick Thistle on two points apiece. In the championship, uh, the big match was at East End Park on Saturday. A crowd of over 6,600 in East End which is good to see big travelling support from St Mirren as well probably about 1,500 of them and they were there to witness an absolute scudding at the hands (laughs) of AJ's men it was I'm going to tell you now okay I'm going to stick my I'm going to stick my neck out in the line if St Mirren win the league then it will be a complete failure of every other team in that league the, the reason not, not anything to do with St Mun being very good because they're not the reason I'm laughing at that is because we were having a conversation about something yesterday I can't remember what it was mm-hmm. and nothing to do with football and halfway through the conversation you stopped and said that exact sentence yeah. so clearly that is just you walking around telling people were they that shite? yeah really? I was so so disappointed with St Mun I thought they were pish um, defensively they were all over the shop I thought going forward, Gavin Riley was the Gavin Riley that I remember. Yeah, I, yeah I saw he missed a sitter. Abs- no, nah, I didn't miss a sitter at all. Did not? No. Nah, I thought they were bigging him up. <laughs> no. He missed an uh, early chance, supposedly. He missed an early chance. It was from the angle of the box. It went wide. It was a shot. And that that was about as close as they came. I thought that Lewis Morgan looks an absolute player, but his final product is still a bit poor. So um, Ranger and Celtic looking at him today, supposedly? Yeah, I, I think he, he he's definitely got potential. He's only got a year left in his contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves in January because I don't think he's going to sign a new contract there, so they might have to cash in on him. He was the only bright spot in an otherwise horrific performance by St Mirren. As I say, defensively, they are all over the shop. They, can, they, they, they started with three at the back, uh, with wing backs and then second half they brought in John Sutton and went four four two and they got even worse. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that is one of the most comfortable performances that I've seen Dunfermline put in and it could have been five or six. And were they two red cards? Were they definitely yeah. reds? I mean, Adam Eckersley, if, if Jack Ross was raging after the game and quite rightly, not only with the performance but also um, with the two sendings off because Adam Eckersley, what happened was him and Aaron Splain came together. It went out for a throw and it was a St Mirren throw. Eckersley, right in front of the linesman, just put his hand on uh, Splain's face and like shoved it away. <laughs> And the referee's standing right there and sent him off straight away. So, definite sending off. And then two yellows for Gregor Buchanan? Yep. Just, well, the reason it's two yellows for Gregor Buchanan is because he can't defend. Like, that that's his problem, so he has to foul people. Gre- Gregor Buchanan, I must say, um, nothing against the guy, but he was part of the centre of the defence that led Dunfermline to a seventh place finish in League One. And I thought he was pish then. So, uh, <laughs> are you going to tell us your true feelings in any of this? Soon? Yeah, I, I just no, but I, I'm just a bit sort of miffed. There has been a sort of 
a myth whipped up over Jack Ross and St Mirren about this amazing football team and they're going to stroll this championship I was listening to Off the Ball on Saturday uh, the second one not the one that you were on <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was listening to that on the way back and one of the journalists and they were like you know I still looking at St Mirren's squad I still expect them to be top of the pile coming into the, the season based on what? Based on like nothing, the fact that Jack Ross managed to keep them up last season, but yet still accrued less points than what Dunfermline did and Hibbs did last season, despite the fact that they've signed utter garbage. They're, they're garbage. I'm telling you, St Mirren will not win the league. You're sweating. Yeah, I know. That's because <laughs> when I speak loud, I sweat. Also, uh, you did mention I wasn't off the ball on Saturday. Uh, it got brought up in the comments a couple of times. I was trying to keep it. On the DL, yeah. then you know I was cheating on you. <laughs> no, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's I think the big the big game of the championship this week, uh, the most exciting one was Dumbarton Breakin. That's your two part timers up against each other, and uh, Dumbarton come away with a two one win. Breakin one 0 up, get a man sent off. But do you know what the game changing moment was? No, I don't. Sixty minutes. Oh wait, now they, the brought man, they brought on Nadi. They brought on Nadi. Yes. Conveniently, two one win. Well done, Christian. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, that was a good win for Dumbarton. Uh, again, another team I can't believe who actually win games. Uh, beating, breaking 2 1. We're playing breaking this Saturday, by the way. Dumbarton now have, uh, despite being the part time team ahead of the most uh, fancy teams, they are two points ahead of Inverness and three ahead of Falkirk. Yes, let's talk about Falkirk, actually, because I'm never tired of doing that as well. 0 0 against Dundee United on Saturday. So that is six games in the league without a win. But that's actually a good result for them this season. Yeah, I mean, keeping a clean sheet for a start because there's another team who can't defend and Dundee United just seem to be faltering a wee bit but in saying that, are only two points off the top of the league. Falkirk, ten points behind league leaders Dunfermline at this stage of the season. That is rotten. They're already canned any hopes of going for automatic promotion, I don't think. I think ten points is too much of a gap even at this stage for Falkirk to make up particularly uh, when the team's above them. And by the way, Dark Horse, Morton, yeah. I don't think Martin will be far yeah, away. Yeah, we'll chat a bit more in a sec, but um, I saw uh, you said last week you think Houston's on a sugarly peg. Yeah. Uh, you got another Barney with a referee to, um, on Saturday, lucky not to be sent off. And also, this, like, I've, I did my research yesterday and I looked again today. I can't work out who played where for Falkirk. Right, okay. Because they had, it looks like they played maybe a couple of centre halves. Okay. But then also Mark Kerr and Craig Sibbald could have been potentially been back there. Uh, McGee's in there it just looks like they're all over the place they are all over all the place over I don't place. know what Houston's doing he's totally lost the plot and uh, I'm enjoying it immensely Yeah. so uh, now now for Falkirk uh, Dundee United on Saturday yeah you were talking about Morton there yeah let's move on to them uh, 2-1 winners against Queen of the South did you see Jai Katongo's goal uh, no it's a belter he I, cuts in just I the- did see one of the girls that wished him happy birthday in his Facebook the, uh, in his Twitter that retweeted and she was a belter right well. okay <laughs> so it just seems to be what he does mate well a great goal uh, from Katongo uh, Ross Forbes uh, get another goal and Derek Lyle uh, just pulling one back for Queen of the South uh, not long after uh, Kodongo scored actually but it uh, wasn't enough in the end and uh, thanks to Michael who tweeted us at Scott Soccer FM earlier on uh, he was saying about uh, Derek Lyle's shot at the end I think it was Stephen Dobby's shot uh, I watched the highlights so he took a free kick and it cleared not only the goals uh, not only the stand uh, went into somebody's back garden <laughs> yes uh, Dumfries so that is quite impressive so that was uh, right at the end of the match we'd have made it 2-2 and, uh, but no it was a win for Morton 2-1 win and uh, they are on a decent run of form now and I don't think they'll be far away yeah I think uh, for Morton the key thing is Jack Katongo coming back because last season Ross Forbes got nominated for player of the year and he did very very well there they also managed to keep Tam aware who was linked with a lot of kind of 
um, should we say, potential bottom six Premier League clubs this okay. season. Um, so keeping hold of him, he's going to be a big player for them. But the likes of Katongo and uh, Ross Forbes, that team kind of revolve around. So, yeah, good one for them. Um, Queen of South, I think, still would be there and out. And also, really interesting to see a match report where nothing happened in it after the 37th minute. Okay, really? Yep. <laughs> that- Generally, that's the last thing. 37th minute. <laughs> Nothing else. So if you're at the game, if anything did happen, apart from that Stephen Dobie shot that went miles over the bar, <laughs> please do let us know if anything yeah. did happen or it was just an absolute dull affair after that. <laughs> it ended 2-1 to Morton anyway and the final result in the Championship of the weekend was a great win for Livingston. 3-1 against Inverness. Uh, some, uh, I mean, that's a fantastic result for Inverness, uh, for Livingston, I should say, heading up there to Inverness and getting all three points and that puts them into sixth place, nine points. So already at this stage, six points ahead of lowly fall. Kirk in the relegation playoff spot and seven ahead of Brecon uh, Inverness though what a pretty pish start to the season for them yeah. for want of a better phrase it's almost like he was a terrible appointment it almost is yes. but that, again I said this last week that is the bulk of their team from the SPL mm-hmm. you've got uh, Mackay Warren Vigers Polworth all those guys are still Tremarco uh, all those guys still there Mm-hmm. What is happening up there? I don't know what's happening, but it's not going very well. And again, I think it's, even at this stage of the season, they are they were my tip for winning the championship. So because you're funny, yeah, that's going well. So let's move on uh, into League One. In fact, no, we'll look at the table first uh, because I want to look at it a little bit more. Dunfermline are top of the league uh, with 13 points. Uh, Saint Mirren in behind on 12, second place. Couple of defeats for them so far. Morton moving up to third on 11. Dundee United there uh, with a goal difference of zero. That's something I haven't mentioned actually. Dunfermline's goal difference is already plus 12 it's uh, not bad uh, compared with the next closest which is only plus 3 Just uh, like sorry plus 4 for Morton last time I heard plus 12 in Dunfermline was the, your number of chromosomes so yeah. that's pretty good <laughs> yeah that so. is very good Yeah, uh, Queen of South uh, just outside the playoffs on 10 points then we've got Livingston and Barton Inverness lowly Falkirk and Brecon <laughs> uh, propping up the table on just 2 points so far and uh, they're playing Dunfermline this weekend so it doesn't get any easier for them let's move down into League 1 uh, Airdrie nil East 5-1 uh, that was the first result there uh, they came out a good win for East Fife because they yeah. hadn't been on a good run uh, so that's a, their third win of the season so far for Darren Young's men looks like they're going to be a solid mid-table team I would say yeah uh, did exactly so, what he did at Rovers uh, Albion Rovers are just completely Jekyll and Hyde one week they win 5-2 away from home and the next week they get scudded 4-0 by, uh, by Strunrar at yeah. home which is not ideal at all Scott Agnew with a hat-trick there there's also a Scottish comedian called Scott Agnew and they constantly get mistaken for each other so Scott um, Agnew the comedian recently came out as HIV positive did a show all about that and Scott Agnew the footballer was getting all the tweets congratulating him on it oh really like <laughs> yeah so Scott Agnew the comedian this week was getting tweets congratulating him on his hat trick so a nice wee mix there great yeah. result great <laughs> result for Stranraer yeah I think Stranraer we've spoken about this before have a few decent players Ryan Wallace is down there now uh, who was at Dunfermline a couple of seasons ago the uh, talented player and uh, same as Scott Agnew as well he's yeah. uh, kicked about there for a wee while and will get you goals what a thriller uh, between Air United and Aloha it was 3 all. And wow, I mean, where do you start with this game? Well, Michael's just got in touch with us on uh, Facebook to let me try. Ian McCall ran down to the corner flag when Ayr yeah. scored the late equaliser after a terrible penalty decision when Adams headed the ball only for the ref to give a penalty for handball I watched to this give Aloha night. a 3-2 lead. Does that make sense to you? Because that yeah, sounds like the start I, of my higher English reading passage. Yeah, I watched this last night and... Uh, Somebody pointed me in the direction of it and yeah, it was a terrible, terrible decision by the referee. Adams clears the ball with his head and the referee gave a penalty for handball and the referee was... The 84th minute? Five yards away. 
Like it was incredible. Ah, I couldn't believe it. Um, so yeah, it was obviously Lauren Shankland getting the late equaliser there. Scored again. Scored again. He's uh, again a guy. I think if he can get fit, I think he's he's going to be a decent signing for them. But they're slipping up again, and it's all because Wraith Rovers are absolutely romping it. Look at this: sixteen points so far from the six games. Only drop points in the first day of the season away to Aloha and have a plus sixteen goal difference because they hammered Queens Park at Hamden on Saturday. And that man again, Lewis Vaughan. Managed to get on the score sheet. We've got uh, Liam Buchanan scoring again. Uh, Bobby Barr getting on the score yeah, sheet as and well. And did you notice that Spence didn't score this week? Yes. Because uh, I thought, oh, that's disappointing. He's not. wasn't even in the squad. Clearly injured. So that's why he hasn't scored. Those guys are on fire. Yeah, And absolutely. they're going to be contributing to, I think, Wraith potentially running away with the league. I think so. Because there's three teams on 10 points so far. And one of them is our broth. An absolutely fantastic win against Forfar. God knows what happened to Forfar in the second half. Because it was only 1-0 at half time. Finished 5 now Ryan McCord scoring a couple uh, one from the penalty spot Bobby Lynn as well Tam O'Brien uh, grabbing a goal as well there and yeah fantastic win for Dick Campbell's win and that uh, yeah I can't uh, agree with that yeah. and uh, that actually was Gary Bowen's last game in charge of Forfar sack today oh really um, yep so 5-0 down uh, he I think they won the first game Forfar and then haven't won any of the last five conceded something like 16 only scored 2 or 3 so I think his cards were marked after that uh, before that game and that was just kind of right in yeah, absolutely. We'll run through the table. Ray Throvers, as I mentioned, they're top on 16 points. Three teams on 10. Air United are both in Stranraer after our both in Stranraer recorded big wins at the weekend. Albion Rovers dropped down to fifth. East Fife up to sixth on nine points, level in points with the Rovers. Then you've got Aloha, Airdrie, Queen's Park, and now managerless Forfar at the bottom of the table. Uh, Gary Bowen, as you said there, Ray, is offski. He is no longer in charge at Station Park. Finally, in League Two this weekend, it was Annan 1, Stenhouse Muir 1. Uh, elsewhere it was Berwick Rangers 3 Elgin City 2 a big win for Berwick Rangers and that's another one of those nightmare journeys up the road for Elgin especially when Elgin were 2-0 up 100% 100% yeah and not good at all so 3-2 to Berwick and they needed that because they were getting sucked into that all that stuff at the bottom uh, Clyde 2 Edinburgh City 3 uh, that was again a late late winner for uh, Craig Beatty getting the winner in the yep. 94th minute so 3-2 that finished and for Clyde, Clyde who scored for Clyde? Uh, it was uh, M. Wright and D. Goodwillie Elsewhere, Ken Beath no <laughs> Peter Head four, a big win for Peter Head. They need to get back on track because they've got some decent players there. Uh, they're up into third, but they're still five points behind Still and Albion. Uh, Willie Gibson, I noticed grabbing a goal there. Big and, player uh, for them, absolutely. He's uh, he should be far too good for League Two, I would think, unless he has deteriorated rapidly. No, he's not uh, in the past couple of years. So four 0 winners uh, for Peter Head and Cowden Beath uh, marooned at the bottom of the table already. So I think it sort of goes like put them Fairman and Wraith Rovers to win on your coupon and East Fife to maybe draw and can be to get beat every yep. week I think that's it's like your voodoo dolls are working absolutely I've been trying for this for years and it was another win for Still and Albion 3-1 this time against Montrose second place Montrose they extended their lead at the top let's run through the table uh, 15 points Still and Albion have so far then Montrose back in second on 11 Peterhead on 10 Stenny and Berwick on 9 uh, Berwick just outside the playoffs on goal difference got a horrible goal difference so far actually minus yeah. 5 uh, Annan, Elgin and Clyde all on 7 points Edinburgh City second point Bottom. And as I mentioned there, Cowden Beath propping up the entirety of Scottish football. It's still to come on Soccer FM. We've got lots to talk about. We have, it was just banter that's coming up. We've got teams around Ooh. the world as well. And uh, we'll also be looking ahead to all the matches that are happening in Scottish football across the week. But for now, this is Soccer FM with Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw.
Yes, it's time for another Where Are They Now on Soccer FM and I'm delighted to say that man of many clubs, Mark Burchill, joins us on the line. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, usually usually I sort of list all the clubs at the start, but how do we look there and, I mean, there are so many. How many clubs did you play for, do you know? You can tell me, I don't know. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing a quick count just now. It looks like... Yes, I think 17 maybe, 17 I make it. Uh, So listen, lots to talk about Mark, obviously uh, a long career, successful career. Uh, Let's go all the way back to the start though at Celtic. How was it breaking into that Celtic team? Obviously it was, you know, it was something I'd focused my mind on from a very early age. You know, I I signed with Celtic when I was, uh, you know, I think 14, just turning 15. It was something that, you know, I, I didn't really think about anything else apart from getting in that first team and, you know, it kind of happened quite quickly for me, you know, I didn't expect it, you know, I was kind of only in full time for a year, a year and a half, and then I was kind of knocking on the first team door, playing playing the reserves pretty early, then obviously getting getting in the first team was my, a dream come true, you know, born, uh, you know, brought up a, a Celtic fan, you know, you know, obviously football was my first love, so Celtic, to play for Celtic, uh, you know, even to do it one occasion would have been a dream for me, but never mind to go on and play, you know, quite a few appearances for them, I was absolutely delighted. And see, when you first came through, I remember at the time there were comparisons, comparisons instantly with Michael Owen and what he was doing down south. Did you take any notice of that? Obviously, you were fairly similar in terms of stature and pace and all the rest of the type of way that you played. Did that add any extra pressure on you? How did you feel about that? No, I didn't really bother about things like that. You know, we've got a, a fantastic way in Scotland of trying to always link someone or like, <laughs> to, to, to say they're like someone else or... Or then suddenly, you know, it's a kind of who's best? Is he better than him? You know, it's it's kind of we're we're never just happy for everyone to do well. You know, it's the the media in Scotland for something about it. They they kind of always try to build you up to knock you down, and it's terrible the way they go about it. I read the papers now. I don't read them, but sometimes when I look at them, and some of the things that the the, the way that the, the, these media guys mark kids that are just in the first team at, at clubs in Scotland it's disgraceful you know because that can really hurt young players and you know I was lucky enough that I had quite a thick skin didn't really bother about anything but I just I just think it's, it's something that needs to be sorted in Scottish in Scottish sport it really does yeah because we were talking about this uh, the other day like they put so much pressure on it and what I wanted to know see when you talk about pressure like um, I'm I'm a Party Thistle fan I went to yep. the Celtic PSG game it was my first time at uh, Celtic Park at a European game I went there the other night yep. the atmosphere was incredible see as a young guy when you walk away I take it uh, yep. you were probably on the bench <laughs> it, was, it was insane uh, but then how how does it feel like see when you're like what 17, 18, 19 starting out for Celtic the club you supported you walk out you feel that atmosphere do you shit yourself or do you thrive <laughs> on that kind of atmosphere <laughs> A bit of both, you know, a bit of both. I think you're like, well, what the fuck am I doing? You know, <laughs> you know, I think Tony Ralston would probably be thinking yeah. that, but, you know, and so, you, you know, you, you, but it's just one of these things, you know, when, when you're involved in kind of the games, it, and probably a bit like Tony Ralston, for me, it happened so quickly, it was so natural, so it didn't really affect me, you know, it was kind of like, I went, I went 16s, 18s reserves, first team, just like, just as if it was just the next thing, and, you know, there was no real, you know, obviously, I was performing well and it was a bit of a challenge but it just kind of happened so I just expected it you know so then it was just but you do kind of 
you know the atmosphere does get to you. But when you're that young, yeah, I think it's probably when you're a bit older, you start thinking about the atmosphere more. When you're young, you just get on, right? You're just playing another game. You, you know, Tony Ralston or whatever would have been, and Kieran Tierney would have been playing football with a pals two or three years ago in the streets, you know, pretending yeah. they were playing the game. So you're suddenly just in there. It's just one of these things. You just kind of get on with it, you know. So if I was there, see, I never got particularly nervous or anything, and I just kind of was quite. Quite good at blocking it out, you know, and I think that's what you have to try and do. And when you, um, I w- one thing I want to ask you about the Celtic thing before we move on is, uh, it always fascinated me because you were at the club, um, ninety eight two thousand one when it was starting to build that kind of um, the yeah. Seville team, so to speak. So see when the first day you're in training and the first time you start the training, what was Muravchik like in training the very first time you saw him? What was Larson like the very first time you saw him? Well, Muravchik, all the play, all the players were like. Uh, Who's this old guy? Who's you know who is this? They, they were a wee bit like that. They're like, oh, I, because let's be honest, I'm not gonna cut any you know say any bullshit. All the players thought Doctor Joe was absolutely clueless for the first minute he walked in the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they were like, this guy's clueless. Whoever he brings in is going to be terrible. So I remember the first day in training, and we were doing a crossing finishing drill, and. It wasn't a great at finishing that day, but the way he was striking the ball with, with two feet was incredible. So I was suddenly like, this guy can play. Right. You know, but the older guys in the team were like, he's shit, he's old. You know, that, was the, <laughs> that, was the, that was the way they were thinking about it, you know, and if it was Dr. Joe that brought him in. But Lassen, Lassen was a, a, a slow burner, I think. You know, I think the players weren't they convinced when he first came in. You know, they, you know that, that first season, you know, they were thinking, ah, good player, but... You know, Henrik, had a, Henrik's, a, I don't know if you've met him or whatever, he's got an aura about him, he's got a class about him, but he's got a bit of arrogance about him. So he had that for day one, even though he kind of came in the back door, you know, he was a, a cheap signing, he, he didn't come in as a star. Yeah. But he was a slow burner, and literally, he got better and better and better every single day that I trained with him and I seen him. He just got, he was just like, he just went to another level, just... But again, it was it was quite unnatural. It just happened for him, and he, the, the the more goals he scored in the first team, the better he got in training. Then the more untouchable he became, and the stronger he, you know, he just obviously, and he had to battle through his injury and come back. But yeah. it was it was just, uh, it was just sensational, and it just and he made everything look so easy. It's, he really did. It it's, was incredible. It's funny when you say that because we've interviewed, I think. 40 footballers who played in Scotland are to do with Scottish football, um, and I would say the fact that Henrik Larson is arrogant has been mentioned by about 10 different people. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, but he's actually not. He's actually not. You know, once I got to, you, know, you get to know him, he's not at all. He just, he's a wee bit standoffish and people think he is, you know, and he, yeah, and, you know, he, he, he found the banter when he first came in quite difficult to take, but then he was right involved in it. And he was, you know, he's not, I would say he's not arrogant. I haven't known him for a long time, you know, at all, but he can appear that way. But I think it's, you know, where he's brought up. I think it's just a different character from a Scottish person to a, you know, maybe a Dutch or a Belgian person, you know, obviously Swedish, but he's come from Holland, you know, yeah. so it's just a, just a wee bit different characters, I would say, that we, we don't really understand, I would say, more or less. Did you ever go to his house for tea? No, I didn't. I no. didn't go to the house for tea, no. I, uh, I'll be honest, I don't, I, even, I don't even know where that question came from. <laughs> Arrog- arrogant bastard. <laughs> not even inviting your room for tea, that is terrible. I, I love as well, Mark, when you're calling him Dr. Joe, because he he just sounds like a really shit American talk host. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think that sums up. Look, he did, he did. Uh, it, what was he like for that year he was here? He was uh, a, a really nice old man. He was like your your. Uh, <laughs> your, 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 your it, it was like your granda. You went round to your granda too, and he went like, "Come on, I'll take you in the sweet draw. There's some sweets, and there's a, you know, there's a pound. You know, one of the, the guys, you know, a brilliant old guy. 
really nice guy. Couldn't speak the language properly, so it was instantly an, an issue. You know, he was he, he came in and spoke to us the first time. His suit was ill fitting. You know, he said, <laughs> "Man, you're, you're, you're just instantly." And for me, I'm instantly like, "What's this guy bringing to the table?" You know, but he was a really good guy, and actually, he knew football. You know, but he was just he was just out of touch, which was a shame. You know, because you know he was. I don't think he'd managed for ten years before that. Then after that, he didn't even manage again. So yeah. it told you then that it was the wrong appointment, but. Yeah, you know, he was he was a really really nice person. That's I, I could never say a bad word. About <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, we're talking about Maravchik and, and Larson there. I want you to have a wee think. We'll ask you at the end of the interview, Mark, about the best player you've played with and against. We'll get to that a wee bit later on. I want to ask you no about problem. a couple of things before we uh, move on from Celtic. First of all, uh, fastest ever hat trick in a European club match. Fond memories of that UEFA Cup match against the team for Luxembourg. Yep, aye, that's obviously something that's... Uh, how, you know, how do you pronounce it, the team? Shunish Esh, I think it's... That's not bad. Because I, I, I noticed Stephen shat it from saying it. <laughs> the team from yeah, Luxembourg, yeah. I noticed that. No, I think... Someone actually... I don't actually know, but a historian at Celtic, I was doing an interview a while back, said it's actually the fastest hat-trick ever scored at Celtic and the fastest hat-trick for Celtic. As a player, I don't know nice. this at all. I'm just, I'm just, you know... Mate, just, just claim it. Just yeah. claim it. If That's you say it enough, people no. will believe it. No, but I'm not that type of guy. That's not my style. I mean, I write the wee press release for this, so I'll put fastest hat trick in football ever and yeah. stuff like that. It'll be yeah. fine. We'll just pick yeah. it up. Yeah. Mark Burchill 2017. No. Yeah, that's what he said. Believe it or not, I actually came off ill at half time. I yeah. Because well. <laughs> that's what I, I, I read the match report about that because I was trying to see. And um, I, I, I didn't realise you were ill because I thought you'd been. Subbed off because you no, got your hat no. trick and you'd be livid because no, no. you could have supported Squad Seven. I, was I know, I was, no, well, I was ill, but I, I was at that point, you know, because I had, you know, the season before with Doctor Joe, I was just like, this is a shamble here, you know, and I wasn't feeling that I needed to, play, I wanted to play a bit more and whatever. So David Moyes was the best manager that actually came up to watch me that night. I went off, I went off, and just half, I went off at <laughs> half time. So you know, but it was just one of these Yeah, I couldn't believe that because I, I generally thought you'd been hooked. I was yeah. like, how bad no, can you no, be no, to no, score no. a hat trick and still get hooked at half time, man? <laughs> exactly. No, oh. no, it wasn't quite that bad. <laughs> also, this time, uh, Mark, you'd make it. Uh, you made the breakthrough and the national team as well. Uh, you picked up what six caps for Scotland. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, we we've spoken to a number of Scottish internationals uh, on this show over the past sort of year and a half, and they pretty much to a man say it's one of the their proudest achievements and things that they look back on uh, with a great sense of pride. Is that the same with you? Definitely. I think, uh, you know, obviously I was involved, uh, I got six caps, I think, you know, I was probably in, in about 10 squads or something like that, you know, no, I was, but again, you know, I, I wish I'd relished it more and really enjoyed it more, but I didn't because I was so young and I thought, there's loads more of these to come, you know, that, that yeah. and I wasn't being, being arrogant or anything just because it was, you know, I was playing the Scotland seven, uh, 21s when I was 17, 18. I got in the Scotland first team when I was 19, you know, 18, you know, 19. It became, it was quite easy then. Then when I went to, I moved straight to Portsmouth, got called straight back into the Scotland squad and done my cruciate and was it for 18 months. That was the end of the, 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 my, my national career, just so, like that. Done, so you did you know? it in training for the national team? No, I done it. In, no, I done it in training. Like we, we we've been called. I got called into the squad, right? And the the, the official squad was getting announced the day after I done my cruciate at Portsmouth. Oh. So it was like kind of that way. So I'd got myself. I had a great start doing there, back in the squad, and done my cruciate, and that was it. Oh, later, 
Just a, there's only one thing I really want to ask you about Portsmouth, and I think you might uh, have a wee sort of uh, inkling about what I'm going to ask you about. I'm going, uh, yes, yes, it was me. I'm claiming it. I was, I was <laughs> You're the person who scudded Harry Redknapp with the ball. <laughs> if you listen, if you've not seen this, go into YouTube and just type in Harry Redknapp getting hit by a ball during an interview, and he is not a happy bunny, is he? You would, you would, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that have asked me about this. It's incredible. <laughs> so now I am claiming it. Yes, I was lying all the years saying it wasn't me. It was me. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. I'll be exclusive for you. Uh, what, uh, Harry Redknapp, uh, he came in and obviously got Portsmouth uh, up to the the Premier League and all the rest of it. Uh, yep. Right, old school manager. Just the weekend passed there. He's just been given the heave ho from Birmingham as well. Uh, did you not see eye to eye with him at all, or was it just a case of he had his own ideas? He had his own ideas. I was at the club before he became the manager. You know, I, I came in as quite a big signing, on a big salary. He wanted his own players in. You know, that was kind of, it was a kind of bit of, uh, let's say, chess almost. You know, he was wanting to use my money to get his own players in. You know, I yeah. was kind of there. I was, you know, I was, you know, obviously I was injured anyway for a long part of my period at, at, at Portsmouth. You know, that was the kind of biggest thing. You know, but I have, I have nothing really bad to say against Harry. You know, I think I played about 18 appearances or something that season we got promoted to the championship so no it was it was fine he just uh, he wanted he wanted to go his own direction you know and that's that was that's one of the things in football he you know he, you're right he's an old school manager you know, you know he, he had his own ways you know he, he, and if you if you if he if you were in start 11 yeah i think you would love him because it was the easiest life in the world but you know, I think that he didn't particularly learn anything. I would say playing under him. You know, yeah. learn to get coached. You know, he wasn't a coach. He was just a. He'd get. He'd, if someone wasn't doing well, he would just get a new player into the place. Him. You know, and he, and he was very good at it. You know, let's be honest. Yeah, and what what I want to ask you about the Portsmouth time was because you went on loan four times. Was there ever a permanent yeah. move on the table? But you chose a loan move, or was it always just kind of let's keep moving aye, on and we'll was, see? There was kind of lo- there was kind of aye there was permanent moves throughout that whole time. You know, but again. Yeah, financially they weren't probably right for me. They weren't right for Portsmouth at the time. You know, then I would go on lo- a couple of times. I went on loan, got injured, and had to come back. Right. You know? So that was kinda, it. Was just a lot of it for me was the, the issue was you know I didn't want to sit anywhere, no plane. So I needed to get out on loan, and then going out and probably no being fit enough because I had you know coming back for that long term injury. I never really because I never got back playing football I was always kind of just playing reserve football at Portsmouth I never really got back and I would go on loan get chucked in the first team and no be ready you know yeah. and that was so it was almost a horrible kind of a wheel that it kept on happening and it was just one of the disappointing periods that you know that I just couldn't get out of the you know and if so my hamstring would go or whatever you know it was just kind of one of the things that just kind of kept on happening to me do you ever do you ever regret that move to Portsmouth uh, do I regret it yeah no 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 particularly you know, obviously, I had to, you know, I was still with three and a half years left in my contract. Martin O'Neill was telling me what to stay. You know, potentially, you know, that I could have been involved in the next couple of years with fantastic things that happened at Celtic. But you know, the biggest, you know, I, I think I done it for the right reason. Yeah. You know, I never went for money. I never, I went to just to play football because that's what I, you know, that's what I was, you know, that's my career. I wasn't, you know, I was just wanting to be a footballer and just go and enjoy myself and play. So, you know, I, I wasn't. Well, I'm not stupid enough to think that. Larson, Sutton, Hearts and Maravchik, all these guys in front of me that I was going to push my way in, you know, so I thought I have to go, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I, I could have said, well, why don't I just stay here and be the fifth choice and play 10 or 15 games a season, but that just wasn't me, you know, that was... Especially you know, at that I, age. That's why, yeah, that's right, and that's why I've moved so many times in my career, you know, 
injuries or whatever. I just want to keep on playing. I just want to play, you know what I mean? Then I got to a certain stage, you know, like late 20s, I thought, this is crap, I can't play. And then here in, in Scotland at this kind of level, after I'd played with top players and it all, you know, the, it just became very difficult. And then that's yeah. why, you know, my, uh, kind of unraveled you know, and I didn't end up pro- probably having the career I should have or I wanted to have, you know, that was that sort of Yeah. So after Portsmouth, Mark, it was up the road to Hearts. Not going to lie, totally forgot you played with Hearts. Like, I, I can't even remember I, that got, period. He got one in three. Yeah, no, not bad scoring record, but I'm a Dunfermline fan. So then went on to East End Park, played there for three years. And I have very fond memories uh, of you playing for Dunfermline and what was a pretty, oh, that was pretty grim, uh, especially after yeah. what had gone before uh, under Calderwood and all the rest that having, you know, finishing in the top six. But you were a, you were a shining light, I think, in that period. And if it, I think if it weren't for you, we probably would would have been relegated a lot sooner uh, with the goals that you uh, ended up scoring. How what was it like playing under talking to old school managers like Harry Redknapp? What was it like playing under Leash, Jim Leishman? Le- Leash was all right. He just at least knew what I was needing at that point in my career. You know, he just needed he just knew that I was just you know, he needed to get me on the pitch. You know, get me fit, get me on the pitch. And he never really ever he never once told me what to do ever. He just let me go and do my own thing. You know, and that's what I needed. And you know. Probably, you know, the biggest regret in my career probably is the end of that first season. You know, at Berman, I scored 16 and I think 28 starts. You know, I think I was the, the, the third highest in the league and I had three championship teams in England. What excited me, can you yeah. believe it? Now, can you imagine a, a player knocking back a move to go down to England, you know? And, yeah. and I, I, my, I had just had a kid. My wife was pregnant again, so I just stayed up in Scotland. And then obviously we got relegated and, you know, and so it was... We, that's probably the biggest regret where I, I you know I, I could have forced my way out but I decided just to stay for family reasons and I, because I'd moved about and you know the, the injuries and whatever I've had down south you know I thought we're back up here I'll try and settle myself but you know in hindsight I should have went because I was getting offered three or four times my money again to go back down south but I didn't do it because you know I, I wanted to get another full season playing again but unfortunately you know the injury struck again and then the next season I, had, I only played I think 10 or 12 games I think yeah. the it's, following season they got relegated it's funny when you forget that footballers are actually like normal humans where you're like my wife's pregnant so of course I didn't move which makes total <laughs> sense Yeah. but as a fan you forget about that kind of kind of personal aspect of it whereas you just think they should be moving it's it's, it's an odd one to think about aye but I think that the, the, the big thing is, you know, like the the they got, you know, obviously I was I was still going to get big money to go back down south compared to what I was getting paid in, in Scotland. But you know, I, I, as a player, sometimes I was I was just trying to find, you know, somewhere I could be happy because I'd moved about. I was just thinking, you know, they like me here. I'm playing every minute. You know, let's just try and get fifty, sixty, seventy games in a row here and just then see what happens. You know, whereas you know nowadays people just jump ship for financial reasons yeah. instantly. You know, so maybe. Maybe that should have happened, but we had some brilliant. Going back to Leash, had some brilliant stories with Leash. Man, he was uh, unbelievable. Team talks. He he, he wouldn't do uh, any tactic stuff. So Craig Robertson would do the tactics, then Leash would come in, and then that would be. He would just he would come in and he would just start you know talking about get right into them. And I, was, <laughs> I remember I remember there was one. I, I, I've told this story a few times. And, we were on the dressing room and he got us in the huddle. I think it was before we went to play Rangers and Boxing Day one year. And he started talking about it. He was like, right, this is what we need to do. We get right in their faces. We slap them down. We do this, we do that. And he's like, we get right into there. As loud as it. And he went, mint spot. <laughs> I was like, mint spot, mint spot. And that was his crescendo, right? And, it was, and everyone was like, yes, yes. And I remember like Saul Bamba said to me, 
Oh, that's, yeah, I mean, that, I think that sums Leash up, really. I think, yeah, uh, yeah, having, yeah. having worked with him a few times, I think that's exactly what he's like. Um, but yeah, yeah. so uh, you, you moved on from Dunfermline, uh, Rotherham, back up the road to Kilmarnock. I want to ask you about your time in Cyprus, though. Um, yeah. Was there ever any opportunities earlier on in your career to go and play abroad? And why did you choose this time to give it a go? There was. I, I had quite a few opportunities to go abroad, and I just was never sure. And so then, so they had obviously first season done firm and great. Second season injured, didn't enjoy it. Third season in the championship in Scotland, I scored fifty or sixty. Had no bad season. So then I thought, right, where do I go for here? I'd come on. There was two or three Premiership teams wanted to sign me. I thought, why don't we go back down south? Had a couple of Championship teams. Like I never in England. No asking me to sign but go down and have a trial with them yeah. but I knew the manager at Rotherham so I thought I'd go down there and have a go within about two weeks of signing for them I was like this is the worst decision in my life why I can't play in League 2 they're just booting it in the air I can't you know it was horrendous so nearly signed with Kilmarnock the end of that first transfer window anyway stuck it out the year down in Rotherham horrendous then came back up to Kilmarnock who'd want to sign me previously again Jim Jeffries, long ball spell, me and Kev Kyle up front, hated every minute, minute <laughs> and that's when I went, that, that's when I went, I need to get out of here, this yeah. is no even football anymore, I'm not enjoying this, you know, I, I just know what I want to be doing, so that's why the chance to go to Australia, America, Cyprus, I had friends in Cyprus, so I knew pretty well, decided to go out there and it was absolutely brilliant, best two years with my wife and kids and the football, I loved everything about it, absolutely, really, really enjoyed it, and you know, and had the chance to stay there, but obviously decided to go to Thailand to try that out after that. But, you know, Cyprus is great. The football standard is fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I noticed, I noticed you, glazed, you glazed over Thailand there, so was Thailand not good? No, Thailand was brilliant. Again, we went over there for for a, a year. The wife and kids lived in Bangkok. I flew to my training, which was about 40 minutes away. Flew up and down. We trained at 5 o'clock at night. It was brilliant. The people were fantastic. Tactically, uh, the players, the teams won the great. Technically, very good, you know, very good. But it was uh, again, I, I broke my toe over there, like a bit in my foot. Uh, so I, I kind of never played as much, uh, much as I want. I think I think, think only played about fifteen games or something like that, fifteen twenty games, something yeah. like that. But re- really enjoyed it, loved it. Then got the call to come back to Livingston. Aye. When you read your playing career, it goes Cyprus, Thailand, Livingston, and it just sounds like <laughs> you've finally been extradited. Like, it's such a <laughs> weird ending. So, talk to us about yeah, that right. then, Mark. You got the call from Livingston. Uh, you initially joined as uh, player assistant manager uh, under right. under Richie Burke, and then let's speed forward to when you were made caretaker manager, sort of December 2014, and uh, you ended up doing well in the Challenge Cup and final day of the season. Uh, saving them from relegation. How was that? That was brilliant. You know, we had a great time. You know, my first seven games as manager were probably the hardest seven games you could have got in the championship. I think it was with Rangers twice, Hearts three times, Queen of the South away and Falkirk away was something my first seven games, so we lost seven on the bounce. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, I took, when, I took, when we took the job. So, but I, we were doing well. We had closed the gap completely on what had happened, you know, like what, you know, a few games previous to that, you know, I, I just tried to get them organised. Then I got them playing well, got the players playing for me, you know, and we, we, we had a fantastic run, you know, between that and the end of the season, you know, I think our form was second or third to Rangers and Hearts, so it was a brilliant end of the season. Uh, won the Challenge Cup, which was fantastic. Speed up the last day of the season, really enjoyed it. 
and then uh, we had a transfer embargo and I had lost all my players only three players signed what I think a week before the start of the season the next season yeah. you know so that was a bit of a disaster but you know maybe me I believed that I could you know achieve what I'd done previously but I, you know five or six of my real good players left I had to you know jump in and made a few signings I shouldn't have signed but you know it's my second season at Livingston you know was, was I would say, you know, I think I think I was in charge for about 22, 23 games the second season. Nine of them were losses to one goal, you know, so yeah. that was a big part of it. I never really got a goal scorer. I know Liam Buchanan came good at the end, but he never really got a goal scorer. We just made a few too many mistakes and probably my squad was a wee bit too thin because I took too many risks. I signed a couple of players probably four or five players are signed for the future instead of just being completely and utterly selfish and just signing for, for that to, aye for now because I believe they believed in me and they were going to give me a couple of years but that obviously changed very quickly and uh, had to move on that's what happens in football isn't it Life. halfway through did you retire did we, were you I always never, an active player manager I, I, no I, I, they, they, I, I was never going to play no I was no. never I, never going to play I never, you, never said that were you not tempted in the cup final you're not tempted to be no, placed on the bench at, in the cup final? No, not at all. It's impossible to play or manage. You've, you've probably seen it over the years. No one's really achieved it. Impossible because during the week, you're too focused on the team to actually train yourself properly. And then once you hear on the pitch, you're, you're, you're trying to look at the other guys too much and trying to get them to do the job rather than you know yourself. It's impossible to do. I, I, I'll take, I, I don't think there's anyone that's actually really achieved it. So no, I was, I was never... Never actually thinking about doing it from all yeah. what just, uh, it was only... What I found it really interesting, Mark, was see when I was reading up on it because you forget um how you're still what, thirty seven? Thirty eight? Thirty seven, yeah, thirty seven. Yeah. Uh, you've already done quite a lot in that time. <laughs> like uh so what what Aye. what's the plan now? Like are you it's still interested in going back to management or because um, I know right now when we're chatting, you are currently overseas. Um, I don't know. I think yeah. you might be in the witness protection program. We're not one hundred percent sure. <laughs> um, something's happening there. So, what are you doing just now? Are you keeping active? Yeah, I'm Bournemouth European scout. Uh, I'm one of the European scouts nice. for Bournemouth. So, so uh, did you play with Eddie well, Howe at Portsmouth? I did. Yes. Right Richard there we go. Richard Richard Hughes is the technical director. So, what happened when I got sacked to Livingston? I probably went round. 10, 10 or 12 different clubs just to get experience, you know, off mowing back, blah, blah, blah. And fortunately enough, five or six of them actually offered me jobs, whether it was coaching or nice. whatever, you know. And, but Bournemouth offered me, you know, they were at that point still building. They were looking to get a, a build a recruitment team, you know, and they, they, wanted to, they said, what to bring you in? But it never happened after about six or eight months after I was down there. Then so they brought me in, European scouts. So what a job! That's a great job. So asking me if I want to go back into management, not that chance. <laughs> <laughs> quite right, quite right. So uh, that's amazing. Obviously, the money sort of swishing around in the the Premier League down south as well. Different world. Yeah. Different world compared to what I was dealing with at Livingston. If I'm honest, you know, I never had a penny spend. I was paying players with more wages to play for me and whatever, you know. To now being looking at players that are worth twenty and yeah. twenty five million and whatever, no, it's a it's a different world and I'm I'm absolutely delighted to be working with good people. That's the big thing. Working with Bournemouth, Bournemouth they're really, really good people. That's the big thing I would say about them. Well you European uh, scout, I presume your remit would cover Scotland then. Do you think uh, a Premier League team in England would be looking at the Scottish Premier League or do you think it is more we look for they do what they do watch them, yep, and I do watch a lot of the games in Scotland, but it's, it's, 
there are many players that can go from the Scottish Premier League into uh, into the English Premier League. If I'm honest, that's yeah. the that's the simple facts. You know, there are cut the the only ones I'd, I would say are playing at Celtic. I don't think there's anyone else outside of Celtic that could play in the Premier League in England. As a as a Partick Thistle fan, I say Chris Doolan every day of the week. <laughs> the guy, he can do whatever he wants. He's a goal machine. <laughs> Listen, Mark, that's been a great chat there. Uh, I did ask you to have a little think about the best player you've played with and against. Uh, so let's start yeah. with the best player that you've played against. Best player I've played against, uh, very difficult. Uh, I would probably have to go for... I would go for David Beckham or Paul Scholes. I couldn't because <laughs> it's difficult to say Fair. one. Difficult to say one because David Beckham at the point when we played out Scotland the England was the best right winger in the world. I don't care what anyone says. He was the best right winger. He had the best right foot. But Paul Scholes was the best all round player I played against. To you know, it just was talent was so natural and so easy for him. So it was very very difficult to pick. You know, if I had to prob- I would probably say. Paul Scholes, for you know, because they played so long at that, yeah. uh, you know, with Man United. For but David Beckham's right through at that point in the, in his career was the best, and the, there was no one better in the world. I thought at crossing the ball and delivering the ball into the box. With yeah, it's a, it's a great show so, to be fair. Yeah, he was no bad. Uh, finally, Mark, uh, best player you've played with then? Right, I've I, I've mentally picked who you're going to answer, so I'm intrigued by this. Well. I've been very, very lucky in my career. You know, Robert Prozanecki, Moravchek, Ian Wright, Teddy Sheringham, Paul Merson played with some unbelievable players. You know, and that's not even going through the Celtic players I played with, but there's only one, Henrik Larson. What can oh, I say? You know what I mean? I had Prozanecki written down. Prozanecki was unbelievable, but he was 35 when I played with him, and he, all he did was smoke and drink coffee, so he probably wasn't at his top, you know what I mean, for <laughs> that point, you know. But he was still sensational. He was unbelievable. And if he, he'd been 27 or 28, he might have actually tipped to Henrik. But Henrik, just for easiness, just for pure quality and class, he was just uh, he's the best ever. He really is. And, yeah. and everyone says it to me, what about if he had went to England at 25 or 26, he would have been spoke about just as good as Shearer's of the world, I've absolutely no doubt. Yeah. But because he never played in England, they don't. They look at him as a tear down, but he wasn't. He was just as good as these guys. The most enjoyable thing about this interview has been, uh, you mentioned who you played up front with, it, uh, Kelly, and we can edit this. So when I, Stephen asked you, you said, who's the best player you've ever played with? We'll edit it and you list all those players, but then you'll say the answer is Kevin Kyle. And uh, <laughs> it'll confuse everyone. Yeah. I would have really enjoyed doing That's that. exactly what we'll do. No, listen, Mark, uh, that has been an absolutely fantastic chat. All no the problem, best uh, with your job at Bournemouth, uh, your jammy bastard. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again sometime soon, Mark, okay? okay. No bother, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. It's time for Teams Around the World. Yes, it's teams around the world because I pressed the wrong button. So yeah, I was going to say. We didn't, Mate, I uh, didn't even know that. Yeah, I know. I, I was planning on playing the Where Are They Now bed, but uh, yeah, that's... Uh, do, do you want to hear it? Yeah, do you want to go back and do that? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. I, I fucked that up. Sorry. I thought we were going to do uh, Teams Around the World now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't start, don't start. I pressed uh, the wrong how, button. How sound is Mark Bunch? Mark Bunch, that is a really, really good chat there. Obviously, we've had some top where are they nows over the past year or so. Uh, I think he's right up there in terms of how honest he was. You know, do you want to go back into management? Not a no. chance. What, what a gig that is, he's got. I love that you ended the interview by calling him a jammy bastard. <laughs> like, like he, he is. I mean, obviously, he's worked hard for that. Yeah. And, you know, he's used 
Scotland's contacts and all the rest of it to get a decent gig. But what I mean, imagine being the European scout for a Premier League club. He's an attractive man as well, so he's literally living the dream. A great head of hair. Somebody tweeted us at Scott Soccer yeah. FM earlier on as well, and I must agree, he has a lovely head of hair. It's quite interesting. I know you you looked at me sarcastically there when you said lovely head of hair. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's quite interesting. To think like he was our big hope. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's well at the start of the interview when I said you know you were getting compared to Michael, Michael Owen yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he was totally. But and then he went to Portsmouth and it just he ended up just smacking her out, her out in the face with a ball. <laughs> so that's, hey, that's if it. you're going to peak, that's the time to peak. Absolutely. Where are they now? We'll be back next week. Uh, we already have uh, some other people lined up, which you're going to enjoy very much uh, over the next two or three weeks or so, and uh, some big names coming as well. One of the stories coming up when we spoke to a footballer is. Mental Yes Absolutely mental Yeah absolutely There is some great chat coming up On Soccer FM in the next few weeks Make sure you've got us on for that Uh, Subscribe on iTunes And follow us on SoundCloud Uh, But for now this is Soccer FM With Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw It's time for Teams Around the World Yes, it is actually time for teams around the world I this time. Where are they now? Yeah, I know. Very confusing. This came on when I was in a club on Saturday night, and <laughs> yeah. the guy was uh, uh, turned around to me and went, "Teams around the world." And I went, "Aye." And I just, I just took a photo and sent it today. So yeah, you, uh, did, you took a video, not a photo, because it's really hard to uh, photo a no, song. That is very true. Having a bit of disaster since we've come back from where <laughs> are they now? So teams around the world, you pest. Uh, how are they getting on? How are the boys uh, getting on? Quite shite, to be honest, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've not, we've won one of our last five. Uh, we lost. One nil to Zomba by the Haladas okay. uh, <laughs> at the weekend, which is a, a poor result. Uh, Dave Williams with a goal for them. Oh, um, Seventeen hundred at the game, not so great. Um, and I was looking for our trip, a bit of research, right? Uh-huh. Two things before we got on there. Uh, we're playing Ottavenje yeah, in the Hungarian uh, Cup, okay. which gets played at two o'clock on a Wednesday. That's bizarre. Yeah, so this Wednesday, two o'clock, that's when we're playing. Oh, well, well let's get, listen, get on Twitter and all the rest of it. I've said this for the past few weeks. Uh, we follow Uspest uh, English feed on Twitter, so get following them. Uh, lots of good uh, updates for that if you're interested. And two o'clock this Wednesday, make yep. sure you've got on. You'll probably watch it on some betting website, I would imagine. Yeah, you'll get it quite easy. And that's in the Magyar Kupa which is the Hungarian Cup okay. and we are the third most successful team in the Magyar Kupa uh, won it nine times and finished runner-up seven times our last win was 2013-2014 nice one yeah so uh, that's our game on Wednesday we're playing at the weekend uh, yeah but I forgot to look at that because okay, I was too busy to look at the cup yeah, I was actually fine. looking at flights because we were talking about going yes tell, tell me the winter it shuts down for two months ah. so between uh, December the 8th and uh, February the start of February um, it opens back up but the good news is that means our Valentine's Day trip is still on yes. and Wizzy are fly direct from Glasgow and Edinburgh lovely stuff we'll get that booked in the next week while feel free to follow us along I'd be very surprised if you do I received a text earlier on uh, from my mate Fraser uh, who is actually going out with a Hungarian girl and uh, he was telling us that he was going over to meet her family for the first time they don't speak a word of English oh, God. and I, I'm not entirely sure where they were staying um, but he sent me this photo Ray and it's a picture of a road yes. sign with you pest on it Yes. yes, so lovely stuff. Uh, he, was, he can be our guide when we go, I guess. Yeah, I imagine every Hungarian woman wears grey joggies like Gabor Kirali. Is I've that what do, she does? I'm pretty much, yeah. I've only met her a couple of times. Joggies? Yeah, joggies, that's it, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and goalie gloves as well, which <laughs> was it? odd. Yeah, very strange. Weird receder as well. Yeah, and, and lots of facial hair. Yeah, yeah. West Brom, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she, a great girl. So, uh, yeah, we will keep up to date with you, special. Remember, they're playing on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. And also, uh, I should tell you about my European adventure that's coming up in the next 
next few weeks. Uh, me yeah, and my this mate, can get fucked, by the way. Yeah. This I, is insane. So what I'm doing is, uh, basically, me and my mate decided a wee while ago that we should just go and have a European weekend, go and try and fit in a couple of matches and all the rest of it. And uh, that's exactly what we've done. So I planned out about four different options for it. We had like a plan A that involved going to the Milan Derby and we nearly got tickets for that, but by the time we got round to it, or not by the time we got round to it, by the time it went open to the public sale, because we are not members of the Internationale. You're not, you're not one of the Ulsters? I'm not Forza. actually, no. no. You, could, you could have got tickets for €40, Euro, right? And the tickets by the time we got there were 145. Oh, okay, mm, yeah, that's probably yeah. a bit much. Atletico Madrid were playing Barcelona on the Saturday. Uh, we were sort of humming and hawing over that as well. But at the end of the day, it was uh, they were fanning about in terms of when it was going to be. How played. do you say that in Spanish? Uh, Lo fanning about. Le, yeah, uh, <laughs> la, la fanning about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's I, still French, mate. That was I wasn't picking up on the gender of it. I was picking uh, up on the wrong language. See, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they were fanning about in terms of the TV and moving it about and all that stuff. So we canned that, and instead, what we're doing now is we are going to see Roma versus Napoli. Oh, big! Uh, on the Saturday night in Rome, so that's lovely. And then we're Romantic. going to uh, Leverkusen versus Wolfsburg on Sunday in the Bundesliga. Class. So uh, yeah, we're flying out to Milan on the Friday, train from Milan to Rome because we can't get a direct flight to Rome. Boring information you don't need to know about. No, I didn't. And uh, we're staying at the Vatican City. Are you? Not you, actually at the back and say. You going to go see the Pope? Going to see the big man? No, I didn't think so. No, I'm not really interested. To be perfectly honest, not? Uh, no. But I, I mean, it's. I mean, I've never been to Rome before, and there's quite a lot of stuff in Rome. You know, you went to Milan for Fashion Week, do you not, or something like that? No, I went to Milan, and Fashion Week happened to be on. That bullshit. No, no, no. I did. You're honestly. the one that talks about his two jackets. See, before that. We had Gino DeCampo in for interview on Capital, and I wondered where that was going. I was wearing a stripy jumper. Uh, a sort of, I guess, a French uh, jumper, you mm-hmm. know, sort of stripy blue and white. And he was just... Nautical theme. He, yeah, he was exactly how you'd imagine Gino De Campo to be. Off his fucking nut. <laughs> he it was just, hey, you won't even get into the country wearing that shit, right? So, <laughs> take out take the t-shirt off. You know, you you go to Milan, they left you. They spit on you when you go to Milan. <laughs> uh, so I didn't take that t-shirt. <laughs> it's the long and short of the story. So that's coming up uh, in a few weeks. But the good thing is, uh, I'm getting back Monday lunchtime, which means we can do the podcast. What day is it? Uh, we're flying on Friday the 13th so ah, if, you're su- if you're superstitious then, uh, yeah. then you're fucked then I'm fucked yeah so uh, lovely stuff and uh, that is that for now so plenty more to come we're going to have a full preview of what's coming up in the next week well but it's time for our favourite game it was just banter yes it was just banter <laughs> you probably bounce along oh, to this when you play it it's well. amazing I love this and even better I have found uh, something in the system here obviously we record at Capital FM uh, because that's where I work and we use the studios and all the rest of it so there's yep. lots of clips in the system that we've used on the show and stuff like that and uh, I found this earlier on and it is absolutely incredible remember Vines I know I sound like Peter Kay from about <laughs> 30 years remember Vines remember, remember them right? Mem- remember the youth uh, remember the youth remember this banter <laughs> it was banter we are hitting them with a little ghetto banter I didn't make that, someone else did I think it was uh, some guy on Vine So there you go uh, It was just banter if you've missed this This is the game that Sir Bruce Forsyth left for us in his will It's the one that he was going to do Before he sadly <laughs> popped his clogs And what I do is read out an abusive tweet About someone in Scottish football And you can tell me who it is Last week this person was described as a helmet He told the players to play with personality 
the fuck are you talking about, you fanny? And Ray Bradshaw, you have the results of our Twitter poll. The four possibilities for, for the answer was Danny Lennon, John Hughes, Ian Catherine, Brendan Rogers. So it was who was described as a helmet and a fanny after seeing his team played yep. with personality. Uh, the winner on the Twitter poll was, of course, Ian Catherine with 45%. John Hughes was second with 25%. Brendan Rogers was 16%. And Danny Lennon with 14%, which is the same chance he has of getting a job again. Yes. Uh, what was the right answer? The right answer was... It was Brendan Rogers. Yes, that's well what I'm done. If for. you said Brendan Rogers, uh, he is the winner of last week's poll. It was just banter. So this week we've got another one lined up. We're going to do it slightly differently. I'm going to give Ray Bradshaw one guess at this, and if okay. he doesn't get it, I'm going to throw it out to the listeners, and you can get in touch at Scott Soccer FM, and you can comment on Facebook if you're listening live just now. Have a wee shout. Don't read out any of the answers though, in case they're right. Okay. And we will recap it next week. If Ray, all the pressure is on you. Uh, this is a big one. Okay, that's all I'm oh saying. Oh God, I hate this when you do that. This is and to make it even worse. I'm going to put some tense music on. <laughs> That's the music we do before the podcast. <laughs> this person is a twat, by the way. Met him in a BP garage and Billy told him I was a county fan. He asked if I was on drugs and if my dog had three legs. <laughs> Who are they talking about this week <laughs> on It Was Just Banter? Ray Bradshaw. This so, person is a twat, by the way. Met him in a BP garage and Billy told him I was a county fan. He asked if I was on drugs and if my dog had three legs. Who is this person talking about? Who's this person abusing on Twitter? I think that has got to be um, Richie Foran. You said Richie Foran? Yeah. I've heard he's a character. I've seen his beard. Richie Foran, you said. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to do something else. You're trying to cue up a sound. I can see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a dick. <laughs> I can tell you. It wasn't Richie Foran, oh. I'm afraid. It wasn't Richie Foran. Uh, so that means it is open to the listeners. Get in touch at Scott Soccer FM on Twitter and on pieandbovril.com. Make sure you comment on the forum and on Facebook. Get your guesses in and we will reveal all next week on It Was Just it Banter. It Was Just Banter. Yes, okay, Richard. Banter. It was our favourite. and I enjoyed some banter. Yes, we know, Richard, <laughs> you enjoy some banter. So It Was Just Banter is back next week. We'll stick it out on the... Uh, and you can vote in the poll as well so one wee reminder this person is a twat by the way met him in a BP garage and Billy told him I was a county fan he asked if I was on drugs and if my dog had three legs who are we talking about this week <laughs> it was just banter returns next week she and I enjoyed some banter I know Richard so right listen let's move ahead there is a busy week in Scottish football lots to be getting on with and we're starting with the Betfred Cup uh, a few fixtures this week your team is involved it is a rerun on Tuesday night tomorrow night Partick Thistle versus Rangers at Fir Hill, what are you thinking, Ray? I think it's going to be a tasty one, given what happened on Tuesday. Um, I saw that, um, what's he called? Kashinia has come out and said that they're going to rest Kenny Miller. Uh, presumably he needs plugged in for a week. <laughs> yeah. um, and a couple of other, uh, Wallace is missing. I think we got a chance. I think yeah. if we go at them, I think they will shit themselves. Can and I ask you, when was the last time Partick Thistle reached a semi-final? Um, of one of the big cups. Aye, a proper I one. I think, probably off the top of my head, 2003. Three we lost to Rangers. Wow. Uh, Christian Nerlinger scored twice. I was there. I think I remember that. My mate yeah. put a pie in the guys in front of him's hood. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, but I was fourteen, <laughs> uh, so maybe not now when I re- say that out loud. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, without because we uh, we got to um, the Challenge Cup, Ramsden's Cup, whatever that is, and lost, lost to Queen of the South yeah. uh, when Aaron Muirhead headbutted someone after missing a penalty. Yeah. So I think, yeah, been a while. Uh, Quarter final against Rangers, Damon Gray. We took them to. 
a replay that was probably 2007-2008 kind of time so okay. yeah not much yeah, good chance uh, for Thistle to get through to a semi-final there and Rangers obviously uh, coming off the back of not winning on Friday night against 10 men so that's going to be a tasty one at Fur Hill also tomorrow night we've got Hibs versus Livingston at Easter Road uh, you've got to think that Hibs will be favourites for going through another semi-final Hibs record in cups over the past few years have been incredible yeah it shows that if you save up all your bad luck over 100 years and then just use it then it's <laughs> yeah. actually alright after that that is true and uh, Livingston uh, going okay in the championship so it might not be as easy as it is on paper yeah. so we'll have to see what happens Wednesday night is Dundee versus Celtic and uh, Neil McCann described it as the tie that he wanted bullshit um, <laughs> <laughs> so that is up at Dens Park on Wednesday night and Motherwell versus Aberdeen that rounds off the quarterfinals of the Betfred Cup that on is on Thursday Thursday, Thursday evening it's just for the telly, I think, because uh, all three games, uh, well, three out of the four games, apart from Hibs Lovingston, I should yeah. say, is on the telly. So that's what's happening. Let's look ahead to what's happening at the weekend then. And we're kicking off with a noon kickoff between Rangers and Celtic. It's the first uh, Glasgow derby of the season and it's happening at Ibrox. Uh, what are you thinking for that what? one? Celtic have to go in it as heavy, heavy favourites. Why didn't you say old firm derby, Stephen? Yeah. Rangers versus Celtic <laughs> uh, is happening on Saturday, so we'll move on from that. I um, I think this has got a few goals in it um, uh-huh. for Celtic. Yeah, I think so as well. Especially if Kashinia just persists. And if Kashinia tries to attack Celtic, Celtic will scud them. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Halloran scored for Celtic. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kind of week, yeah, isn't it? He'll come on, yeah. Uh, Kilmarnock versus Dundee, three o'clock kickoffs now. Ross County versus Hibs. St Johnston versus European Chasing the Hamilton And Partick Thistle against Hearts. Then on Sunday, we've yeah, got the a replay. Thistle, aye, the Thistle Hearts uh, game moved to four as well because all the police were Rangers Celtic. Oh, really? So we need to move it for never. Didn't know that. There you go. So we uh, delayed kickoff for Partick Thistle versus Hearts. And then on Sunday, it's a replay of the League Cup uh, quarterfinal. Motherwell versus Aberdeen that is live on BT Sport on Sunday lunchtime shame when that happens isn't it yeah I know Sunday games are rotten aren't they especially like lunchtime on a Sunday what a piss kick off I was actually meaning when two teams play each other within three days yeah well it's I mean obviously happening twice Partick and Rangers and Motherwell versus Aberdeen so yeah not ideal at all Uh, in the championship it's Breaking City versus High Flying uh, Dunfarmland Dunfarmland yes cocked up your own team it's because I was looking at Dumbarton so I combined (laughs) two two teams there Uh, Dumbarton versus Inverness that's a sort of battle down at the bottom I guess Inverness are really need to start picking up points Uh, elsewhere Dundee United versus Morton it's Lowly Falkirk against Livingston and then on Sunday the big BBC Alba game um, that's going up against I think it's a Pish Super Sunday uh, down again south. yeah because it's Champions League next week so all the good teams uh, are playing on Saturday okay, yeah. that's how they do it so yeah it's so a, Arsenal I, I can't admit no it's not even Arsenal it's like, it's like Stoke versus Pick up Bournemouth or something like it's a horrendous Super Sunday, so uh, that gives you an excuse to watch St Mirren versus Queen of South. Queen of South's been on some decent form lately, and uh, obviously got beat at the weekend by Morton and St Mirren, looking to bounce back from that defeat to Dunfermline at East End Park. Yeah, ten past four on a Sunday for a kickoff is absolute nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, but then when you see that, me and you didn't even need to do any research. We're just like, oh, that'll be Alba. Yeah, but why? Why does Alba get to make the calls? It's weird. I'm not entirely sure to be. They've only got a few games this season. I think they're only shown three or four championship games so hopefully not too many people are sort of displaced by that there's only one Super Sunday game this week and that is Brighton against Newcastle at four so St Mirren Queen of the South I mean I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry Brighton versus Newcastle was a championship game last season what are they showing that for 
Like, idiots. Absolute idiots. English football is screwed, it is. Uh, League One, Aloha versus Albion Rovers. Uh, who knows what Albion Rovers will turn up this week. Yeah. It might be the one that wins 5-0. It might be the one that gets scudded 5-0. We'll find out on Saturday. East 5 versus Forfa. Uh, they might have a new manager in place by then. Who knows? Queen's Park versus Air United. Air looking to bounce back. Yeah, they need um, a win there. They need a win. They've not won in a few matches now. And Queen's Park also on the end of a heavy defeat to Wraith Rovers, who are at home to Airdrie this week. And Stranraer, they are playing Arbroath. That should be a good game. Yep. Uh, 4-0 for Stranraer last week and 5-0 for for, uh, for our both I should say so yeah looking good there uh, down in League 2 finally it's Clyde versus Cowdenbeath Edinburgh City versus Peterhead Elgin City versus Montrose Stenny I get uh, they're at home to Berwick Rangers I should say and Stirling Albion against Annan Athletic that rounds off the weekend in the SPFL uh, what are you up to this week Ray anything exciting uh, on the plan yeah kind of a big week um, doing a, a charity gig at the stand on Wednesday night for Deaf Charity so it's all going to be sidelines interpreted with um, like said, Gary Little and Michael Redmond for the Ted so come down if you're in the area and then Thursday uh, down to London that London the big city the big city the big uh, smoke I'm filming my Edinburgh Festival show for uh, a kind of TV thing so oh, that should be good so if you know anyone in London send them along it's in Islington on uh, Islington it's sort of trendy it's where Jeremy Corbyn stays is it? it's not far from the Emirates Stadium I believe oh, Islington I stayed uh, uh, in Islington when I went down for the Scotland versus England game at Wembley why is your English accent since enti- Craig Revel uh, Horwood 20 years ago sure darling stayed <laughs> 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 in Islington you know I'd lived there for many years with my partner, you know. <laughs> Where is this? I don't know. I don't know. Frighteningly good. Uh, so uh, essentially, I'm gigging in Stephen's fucking secret life um, <laughs> on Thursday, yeah. and then that's it. For the weekend, what you got? Uh, what we got? Uh, we are doing some filming at Dunfermline tomorrow with the guys for Capital, which is going to be good. Uh, got nominated for a big radio award yeah. today as well. Why did we not fantastic. mention that earlier? I don't know why we didn't mention it. Do I, I tell everyone go- who you're up against? Uh, yes, it's uh, basically the Radio Academy. It's the biggest awards uh, going in the UK, and uh, the Breakfast Show has been nominated, myself, Des, and Amy. And uh, yeah, we're up against some guys I've not really heard of a guy called Chris Evans um, a <laughs> guy called Christian O'Connell and a guy called Nick Grimshaw I'm not sure yeah. who he is either I think not, uh, not do you not sure. used to live with him in Islington uh, I think I did darling <laughs> uh, so yeah that is amazing uh, very, yeah congratulations on that mate very proud of that and uh, yeah so that's happening uh, next month it's happening in Leeds that's where the are you going is. Uh, we will be yeah free booze so. and I'm off that week as well so yeah oh, <laughs> even yes, better mate. even better I don't even get up and do the show the next morning so that's great so Doing a bit of filming with the guys for Capital tomorrow. What else have we got on? Uh, not much, actually, I don't think, this week. Uh, no more fives, because I played three times last week, so that's made done for the next few yeah, months. Yeah, for a season. Uh, so, yeah, we'll probably get a game sometime soon. But, Mark, yeah, that is about it. Fives. So, um, what else? Did I tell you about I went to see It, the movie, last week? No. And it was shit. Was it? Oh, my God, don't was it see sh- it. it? It was, it was terrible. It was so bad. That's probably the worst joke I've done in this podcast. Uh, I've done some horrific ones. You certainly have, but I'm that... glad it's like an hour and 20 in because people have given up by now. Yeah, exactly. Only the, only the sad fucks will still be listening. Exactly. Thank you for listening. If you still are, I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, there's more on our Twitter at Scott Soccer FM. You can like us on Facebook as well and comment on our own forum on pieandbovro.com. Get in touch for a where are they now? Anything else you have for us, please do get in touch. It was just banter returns next week. Make sure you get your votes in for that. But for now, it's goodbye from me Stephen Mill and you Ray Bradshaw bye this has been Soccer FM good luck to all your teams across the week and we will catch you next Monday for some more Soccer FM Soccer FM